0: A slow, meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's got to go now. With Josh Kerr? Alright, hear David Ribich. Josh Kerr. David Ribich. Josh Kerr's for real. The
1: fastest C 1500 Josh meters. Josh running.
0: Kerr on the Way outside. Way up front
2: now is David Ribich.
1: Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Sit and Kick podcast. I'm your host, David Ribich.
3: And I really am your better host today, Josh Kerr. Today we're sitting and kicking it with a raft of ex ducks. Just for the listeners, that is the correct name for a grouping of ducks. Anyway, these are these guys are pretty big names. that come out of the NCAA in the last year, uh, but fear not. I know you're worried that none of them branched out and uh, they're still represented under under the swoosh. So it is, of course, Charlie Hunter, Cooper and Cole Hawker. How are we doing, gentlemen? Doing good. Doing good. Doing well. <laughs> I think I think we need to start by roasting Dave a little bit. I feel like that's a good way to start. Dave, you're a disgrace, mate. We have worked hard. We've probably done about 30 episodes and this has never been a problem. This is a big episode for us. We've got some big names, really hot media kind of stuff, and you just turn up late. What's that all about?
1: Well, there's a few things, you know, when you're off getting engaged and you're off changing time zones and complaining about your workout from yesterday, you put me in the spot to then write the script, uh, start the podcast recording, edit the videos, edit the graphics. So it's like, when I ace everything and then have one little slip up, uh, you never let me live it down, but for you slip ups come naturally. So I'll take the banter. Um, and yeah, I think I think we can just get this started because I'm not, I'm not really here for the, the shit talk, Josh. I'm here for the good quality conversations with Charlie, Cooper, and Cole. And apparently it was a good year to name your kid with the letter C because all three of these guys are going to be um, all alliteration for when I'm speaking. But let's get through it, Josh. Where are you guys all situated? Uh, you guys are you in? You're in an island,
4: right, Cole? Oh, I was. I hopped off. I'm on, I'm back in Eugene now. Do
3: you guys oh. live in the same house or no? No, it's like a street away. Walk <laughs> Me away.
0: Me and Charlie live together, but Charlie also decided to kind of jump ship. So now we got an extra an extra room. So we're taking suggestions on what to what to change his room into while he's gone. Hey. I'm still paying
2: rent.
3: My so- <laughs> you Mind that money's going right into my pocket. <laughs> oh, How'd you get roped in to continue to pay rent? What's that all about? I mean, I'm still, I'm still going to keep it. Uh, just I'm on camp right now
2: in San Luis Obispo. Um, yeah, I'll, I plan to come back. I don't do anything to my roof.
3: You won't <laughs> know anything. I was going to say, the squatting rights that will come into play at some point, mate. Right? <laughs> yeah. You never know; there'll be a wild David Ribbitt sitting in your room for a bit.
1: Josh, you literally <laughs> <So then you've... laughs> go go for it, Charlie. I don't want to. I don't want to talk as, to Josh.
2: As long as you uh, water my plant, that, that's fine.
1: We <laughs> can make that happen.
3: Yeah. Well, let's uh, let, let's go back a bit. Well, we'll go back and work forward. So let's go back to 2020. So you know, Oregon have always had great success, um, but do you think there was more of an attitude change or physical change when it came to the new coaching? Uh, that led to such a strong breakthrough for, for you group of guys as a, as a team? What'd you think? You pretty got it.
2: Oh, um,
0: no, I don't know if there was necessary like an attitude change or anything. Uh, I mean, Ben's a great coach and like it was definitely a shift from the pals. love the pals, but um, they just work in very different ways. Um, and then having that along with, just like the teammates and I mean personally for myself just getting older and a little wiser with training and the things outside of it and then having someone like I didn't necessarily work out with Charlie too much he's way faster than me when it comes to like that that uh like shorter end stuff so me and Cole were kind of you know ripping some of the longer and um you know having someone I feel like I got a little bit humbled just like I felt like I was kind of at the top of like Oregon track and field. And then Cole came in and just like immediately showed me that maybe I'm not. And I think we we kind of worked together and that helped us. And I think there's a lot of outside things. Like, I don't want to like give props to it, but like things like, like West Fly, I'm sure you guys have seen their YouTube channel, but them just like talking shit and be like, oh, we're gonna, like it's duck hunting season, all that stuff. And then like, I think that just like things like that were, I think it was hilarious. We had a, like a little target on our back. And then uh, you know, we'd come in and I have the funniest picture of uh it's like a screenshot after our DMR last year. They were saying they were gonna beat us, and then uh there's a screenshot of Everett Smolders with like his hair over his face, like looking emo. Like they really had to go drop a world record on us. Uh so there's always some justification on why they get beat, but um no shout out to those guys also, but I think it was just like everyone in the NCAA sort of stepped up. Um, And for us to continue to want to be, you know, that, that top program, we had to step up a little bit more.
3: Yeah. I think, you know, there's always the talk about the spikes and the talk about, you know, all the new tracks and all that, but I think there had to be something to do with like, no one was in class, like co- collegiate athletes, became pros pretty quickly and then became better than pros for like six months and it was the funniest thing in the world because you've got a bunch of american 50 meter runners that are not doing very well and then a bunch of college kids are running on them. and personally i find that one of the funniest things being being a brit and i'm sure sure the aussies would have loved that as well but um do you think they're i'll talk to uh i'll probably talk to charlie on this one but do you think there was just a level of like, okay, we don't have to go to class; we're living that pro lifestyle now. Maybe that's why that step up in the NCAAs has happened. Like, do you think there's there's any knowledge to that, or do you think it's just kind of that's just the way it went?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Like as
2: you said, we were we were living the pro life. Like I can speak for Cooper and Colin myself, and like we were doing the absolute bare minimum in the classroom. Uh, we were just we were. It was just it was a training camp. We were living in a training camp. We had Hayward Field down the road. I think Haywood Field probably played a fairly big role in our success because, um, you know, we had a, a year of no facilities. And as much as like the facilities don't make a difference, they do like to an extent. Um, and just to have our own like home base, I think we appreciated it a lot. And like every ta- every day you were rocking up to the track, felt great. And we just kind of got on this great momentum train and just, I don't know, we just kept feeding off each other. And yeah, you're not, you're not totally bound by schoolwork or any other real commitments. So we just, we just really got this consistent block of just smooth training. And yeah. And, and when you got guys like like us that are kind of like-minded in what we want to do, we're not, we're not there to just like lane fillers. I think we all had very high ambitions. And when you're around like-minded people like that, it just really helps keep things moving forward and it's a healthy healthy competition between everyone and it was just a it was actually like it was a highlight to me like it was a it was an unreal year and just every race just seemed to top itself so it was pretty cool
1: I want, I want to make sure that the point is made that, Josh, this isn't a revelation of people not going to class. You didn't go to class when school was in session. So don't make it sound like, oh, this is a big thing for these guys now not having to go to class when you've literally said, I did the bare minimum at UNM. And you well, did also to I try to get I, my degree. I, I, you I just never, finished um, your master's degree after like six years going through it. Um, but I we're going to take it off of you and we're going to continue on. So like Cole, when it came, because like when we had you on after the indoor year, uh, we were like, Jesus, like this guy is on one. Everyone here has just, you know, you guys had the DMR. You guys had the 3K. You guys had the mile. You guys had the mile there at Arkansas. Like, literally, you guys were on fire from start to finish through the year of 2021. And so for you, Cole, you came onto the scene really in December when we had Cooper on to talk about that um, that 5K down at Sound Running. And you were in Heat 2, and you and Centro went to the line. And like, that was the first time that your name was ever really brought up in a discussion. And all of a sudden you're the face of 1500 meter running for 2021 for the U S like, what was that transition? Because in indoor season, you said you wanted to make the Olympic team. And that was still, I don't know how long that was like three months out and you never lost momentum. So what was that whole year in like one Cole Hawker statement?
4: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like going back to uh like the fall where we were getting to we were, we all came back to the university and uh we didn't have in-person class and it felt like that training camp um that's when i first started it was my freshman year I, I would get dropped by cooper and like any really hard session and same with yeah charlie and all the other top guys uh, and then yeah my sophomore year that fall i was like starting to hang on with cooper um And that was just like a big thing for me mentally, just like knowing like I can do it. And uh, he just finished uh, uh, fifth or sixth at NCAAs the year before um, and cross. And so I was like, that's like a path right to the top of NCAA. If I hang with him, I can kind of like leapfrog over all these like barriers I thought I had to go through, like first get all American, then get top 20. Then like, I was like, this is a clear path. Yeah. and then. Going into that indoor season, uh, I think it's funny you mentioned like, like the super shoes and stuff. Like we were running really fast times and there was those discussions like, okay, like new technology, technology doping, whatever. Um, but I just think we backed it up so well because I mean, we won every event we were entered in the distance team. It's not like we were just running fast times. Like we we were still the best um, at our event. and. I don't know, I think that was saying a lot for what we were doing at the time. And then as far as like the momentum goes, just continuing on to, I mean, indoors is obviously a big boost mentally. And then it's kind of nerve wracking when you're, you take a little downtime and you go back into the outdoor season, kind of wondering where, where am I gonna be at? Um, Did a couple of races, like 15s, that felt pretty hard. I was like, really, we were in pretty deep training. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I was getting beat by, I got beat by Cooper and the goose and that one 1500 and I don't know, just one. it just happened so fast. And like one race after another, of just like absolutely sending it. I mean, we did two races back, like back-to-back races with the intention of getting an Olympic standard time, um, which was just so hard. And I mean, came up short on both of those, but it's okay. And, uh, just that like, pers- like constant flow of just like super tactical races i think just or not tactical but just like intense races just like allowed for that momentum not to really fizzle out because i didn't really have time to think
1: yeah and, and it's funny that you talk about like the whole like shoe doping conversation and things because um josh wrote this question out on our um really really rough script um but it's like running is pretty black and white like you have times and you have you have people who beat other people um and it felt as though through the whole year the collegiate system was kind of in this like shadow of doubt where they're just like oh they're just running these fast times now they're not going to be able to carry that momentum for the olympics and like certainly as a professional that would like have a we'd have that conversation around training camps around workouts like oh they're, they're running fast now but can they hang on and obviously you guys did um but this was um something that I wanted to follow up with on any of you, and you guys can answer this, but in my opinion, growing up in the state of Oregon, I always followed Oregon track and field. Like it was, I'm not going to say dream school because I chose Western Oregon University. I chose division two, but U of O was always like this big, like far off, not dream. But I would arguably say that 2021 was the best collective year for the middle distance team at University of Oregon in terms of like the accolades, the records, the things that you three and and all those around you accomplished like it's pretty absurd when you speak on from january one to end of the olympics like i don't think there's a class you could almost argue with the weeding greer and and centro era but i mean you guys put on a show it was literally oregon ducks versus pros versus the world like it, it it was really cool to see as an oregon fan um but now that you guys are pros i have to you know like pump you guys into the ground and I'm, I'm totally okay with that but would you guys say that there's any era of ducks um, that would outweigh your guys season um we actually had talked about this
0: a little bit before like going into indoor season or at least i had um like we to kind of etch our names into the like oregon history books um and i felt like there was no reason we couldn't do that obviously there had been great classes and um, individuals and teams like that 2019 with like Galen and central and weeding and all of them. Um, and kind of that whole, like early two thousands era. Um, but I don't think, I mean, I don't want to like toot our own horn, but I don't see why not like why we wouldn't be one of the top classes. Um, if you look at it, you can go back and you can look and we got school records, we got world records, we got national titles. I feel like we did kind of everything you need to do. Um, I wish we had had cross country. I think that would have made maybe a little bit more of a point because like that 2019 did win like cross country and then they came and killed on the track too. But if you look, we got the indoor record in the mile, um, outdoor 5K. I think Cole has the outdoor 1500 now. Charlie's top five all time. Uh, and these are like, these are, like you said, this is such a historic program that goes back, you know, 50 plus years, uh, almost a hundred years actually. Um, and I mean, just the names that have come through are like undeniable. So having, I feel like three guys that are able to go through and in their respective event beyond that, you know, top three, top five, even school record list, um, you know, I feel like those times speak for themselves. And people will, you will say, yeah, like, okay, maybe 50 years ago they didn't have dragonflies, and that's okay. Like, But the thing is, like, you have to change with the times. Like, it's not we're going to go back and run in some dress shoes with some spikes in the bottom of them. Like, that's just not realistic. So we're just, you know, doing it with what we have access to. Um, and, yeah, I mean, props to these guys. I feel like it didn't just come easy from – you know, having access to maybe better facilities
3: or better shoes. um You know, we still had to work for it. Yeah, I think you know. I don't want Dave to be licking your guys' ass for the next hour, so I'll put my put my efforts in. You know, I I think I would say that I would probably had the last NCAA record for for you know dress shoes, but you know, we, we can talk about that another time. And um, but so when when the um, when the season was going on and you guys all kind of went pro at similar times, but slightly different times, like when did that start becoming a conversation for you guys? Cause obviously you're not allowed to talk about it with agents or things like that, but it's always going to be a talk in practice. Like when did that come up being like, like, we're running times that are faster than pros. We're running times that are, you know, up there for, for getting good, strong contracts. So like Charlie, when, when did that conversation happen for, for you that you thought that was more of a reality than, than a dream? Um, it, to be honest,
2: it probably started uh, a year prior to the to 2021 because you gotta remember, Coop and I were and maybe not cold at that point, but Coop and I were already knocking on the door of like we were we were gonna eventually go there. Like we went one two at Boston, running 355. We had already started to beat some pros and races. Like we were already like laying the foundation for like that's where we were gonna head. But yeah, probably as soon as the indoor season started and because the first race we were just straight out the bat, like running pretty quick. It was obviously like, yeah, it was gonna happen. So it's it's a weird thing, like this whole process. It's a dark science. No one really tells you what to expect and everything's very secretive and like just no one tells you anything. So it's 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 very weird, but I just reached out to someone. That i kind of knew i got as much information as i could get about the whole process and it's it's an incredibly slow and grueling process and it pisses the hell out of me but um i don't know you get there eventually but geez it takes a long time uh, there's not much you can do it's really up to them but at, at, at that point and maybe it's a bit different for coop and coal but um really it's just up to the brand like i was just at the mercy of the brand like
3: i was just waiting for them to kind of come to me a bit with uh with the contracts i think i mean we've spoken about this a lot myself and dave but i think i think there's got to be a band together from from some pros to just just put a fucking slideshow together or something just being like this is what is going to happen like these are the things to look out for there's going to be bullshit left right and center it's going to take some time and you're just going to have to wait through the shit to find what you want and what what truly you you need is it location is it money is it length of contract is it reduction clauses like those are the things that are taboo to talk about, or if they're not taboo, no one wants to fucking speak about them. Um, but it needs to it needs to be said from from our point of view. So yeah, I think I think that hopefully is is something that we do in the future. Um, because it is a horrible process. Like it should be fun, but it's it's not fun. Like I look back thinking, you know, that should be a lot of fun. You got brands like fighting over you. You know what I mean? You got brands who want them, you know, you to run in their singlet. But it just seems to be super stressful. So that yeah, that kind of sucks. But how, how do you guys feel like your lives have really changed? Because um, I know that um, you got some of you guys are still in Oregon. Like, how's, how's your life kind of changed? You guys got degrees yet or what? I do. My, <laughs> no my life
0: hasn't changed at all. It's like the, the weirdest thing is like coming back here. And every day, I feel like I have like an assignment due. Like I'll be talking to Reed after practice. Like, I got to do homework. I was like, fuck, I got to do homework too. Like, wait, no, I literally don't have to do anything. It's weird, now I have like, now I'm doing the exact same thing, except I don't have to go to class and I'm getting paid. It just got like a little bit nicer. Um, And I'm sure like for Cole, it's a little different. Uh I was like pretty much done at the end of my schooling anyway. So I was pretty checked out, um, but Cole, Cole's got a little, little time to go. So I'm sure that was a little a nicer relief
4: yeah yeah it is i've been telling people the same thing they're asking me how the how's the pro-life i'm like honestly i mean we're still living in like college houses and nothing's really changed uh, it's kind of like same old same old just i'm just putting your emphasis more on this like you have to treat this as a job i have to keep telling myself like this is like what i'm paid to do now and i, I mean i like that idea obviously because I don't know i can spend like extra 30 minutes stretching out or i don't know do whatever and yeah since i like i'm not at the end of my collegiate like academic career like cooper and charlie was um it is i'm sort of in a point now where i'm figuring out what i how much emphasis i want to put on school versus running and it is an interesting (laughs) dynamic but not the biggest fan of school so definitely have some relief right now. So
1: you guys with uh, Cole you still being in school Cooper you're kind of being I guess done but there um, what is your guys's I guess next step like will you guys still have some active role within the University of Oregon programming because I know that um, one route that pros typically take to have access to facilities is they'll go onto the assistant coaching route volunteer so they can still stay under their college coach and or use the facilities of the school. Charlie, I know you've had um, some stuff sent out with union track club and all those types of things. So what's your guys' next big move? Um, I mean, Cole, obviously you're going to be an Island boy. I'll make another reference to that. Um, but Are you guys staying in Eugene? You guys bouncing around what's, what's going on
4: there? Uh, yeah. So I, me and Cooper are both in Eugene now. And my current role is like, yeah, volunteer assistant coach. Um yeah. I think we're just trying to keep it right now, just take out as many variables as we can and just keep just a smooth transition because it's already like I don't know, it's it's a weird time when you're not on the collegiate schedule. And uh me and Cooper were just talking about the things you kind of realize now that aren't there for you and that you kind of have to just pick up on your own and uh, make it happen and so just like yeah like finding a pt person like getting massages stuff like that and if we i don't know speaking for cooper but i mean it kind of want to fight to stay in a good uh training facility like as
3: good as hayward yeah
0: yeah that would be I difficult
3: think, to find <laughs>
0: i think cole's pretty content with being a volunteer assistant i have an action plan to become head coach by 2024 <laughs> Um, if all goes to plan, but yeah, no, we'll be, we'll be around here. It's kind of nice. Cause it's like such an easy transition from like college lifestyle to, um, like the professional lifestyle, uh, like literally nothing has changed. So it is, I have more time to focus on those little things and yeah, it, it kind of sucks not having them just tell you, okay, you have a massage on Monday three, like now we kind of have to figure some of that stuff out. Um, but I think it's nice because us a little more responsibility and, um, these are the things that, you know, you have to do when you're, uh, working independently outside of a group. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of a fun thing to do and we got some other stuff in the works that we can't really disclose right now, but, um, uh, we're, we're plotting some stuff. So be
3: on the lookout. (laughs) I like it. So obviously, Charlie, you went a slightly different route, and that's obviously you're with you know Union Track Club now. So, what made you go, you know, to the more group setting, and and what are you excited about with with that group? Yeah, the the primary reason why I was looking for a change
2: was because I just wanted I wanted to get out of that college lifestyle. Really, um, you know, I'm someone that kind of values altitude training and. I don't know, having a bit more independence because I'm a bit older than these guys. So like, I don't know, I've, I came to college quite old and I kind of wanted to get out of that scene. And as much as I enjoy being with these guys and, and the success I've had with Ben, it's all familiar, but I just felt I kind of wanted a different setup. And when I got the opportunity to join Union at the club and, and run with Donovan, and, and Craig like I just thought yeah that's that's a that's a smooth transition it's a pro group. I'll pretty much be getting the exact same aid and assistance I'll get with Oregon I'll just be it's more of a, a senior group that's all that's the way I thought about it but pretty much it's the exact same setup um you're just doing camps and it's, it's really the exact same you're just doing camps and that's something I couldn't quite do at Oregon um but so far I'm loving it it's great um I think I'm learning a lot from these guys too. Uh, as Cooper kind of said earlier on, um, like I didn't do a whole lot with Cooper and Cole because they're just a bit more of that strength side. Um, we'd still do like 70, 80% with each other, but it was come the track workouts. I wasn't really with them, but now like I'm getting demolished by Donovan in strides and I got Craig who's definitely going to tear me up on the tempo. So it's just like that next level. I feel for me, um, and it's a good
3: balance of both speed and endurance. So so far, it's working well, and I'm excited to see where it goes. When uh, when you guys are doing those strides and stuff, do you let Donovan know and Craig know that you're the only only Olympian in there, or what? I'm thinking about it. I'm, I want to get my tat,
2: so then like every time I take my shirt off, it kind of yeah. reminds me, gives so, me like right. something to strive for. That's
3: what you're looking for, isn't it? Tell the Americans yeah. what it's like to go to the Olympics. That's I class. feel like they'll put me in my place pretty soon, though. Donovan's <laughs> world champ, so <laughs> I don't know. yeah, uh, that's no, that's fair. Just tell him what how how like the Olympic Village was and stuff, stuff that he doesn't know about. And I'm sure <laughs> yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, so when you guys were in, you know, those conversations with the companies and things like that, um, you hardly see Oregon kind of go to other companies. Like, why? Why do you think that is?
4: Um, I can start. I mean, I think you see a lot of, I don't know. I mean, we're all, us three are all individual national champions. And I think, I mean, that's the highest you can get in NCAA system. And so like kind of high caliber Oregon guys, I don't know, but I think that other companies just assume, oh, they're going to go with Nike. Like it's, I don't know nike's already been in their ear for like two three years even if that's not true like i feel like that's the outsider perspective um that's kind of why i think uh, it's like that but there's a lot of i don't know them as well but um, guys that are older than me um, that have gone to other smaller brands from oregon so i don't know
0: yeah i agree i think with like what cole was saying just us I mean when you're one of those you know top guys national champions nike you're at a certain point when you're a duck you are sort of seen as a nike it's 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 an extension of nike at a certain point and um when you're you know putting on for that brand and you're winning national titles and then you're you know you're doing well at trials and you're doing things outside of that you know, they want to keep it within the family. And I think, um, you know, you're essentially part of that Nike family already. And they want to, you know, when they see something they want, oftentimes they'll get it. Um, and you know, they, they have the resources and, um, obviously, you know, we're Nike guys running it all throughout college. So it's, it's familiar. Um, and I think it's kind of a culmination of all of that. I, I think we all, sort of, none of us were, completely set on like, okay, I'm only going to Nike, um, you know, right out of the gates, but at the end of the day, you know, like they take care of of the things that they want and, uh, you know, the guys that um, are really valuable. And I think um, for all of us, they sort of made it worth our while. So um, I'm just grateful for them. And um, I think, yeah, it's, it is kind of an assumption that people make and it's not necessarily that way, but at the end of the day, like, they, they make it worth our while. And, you know, it's sort of a mutually beneficial relationship. So I see, um, you know, I see why we end up staying with them.
1: It does seem like that extension, but in in good in a good way. And I know, Cole, when we had you on, you would say you
4: would have signed with sit and kick over Nike and, you know,
1: no hard feelings there. <laughs> our contract must have never come through.
4: But yeah, I must have had my high school email or something. Oh, okay, Yeah. We'll make sure to
1: get an updated uh, mailing address from you uh, so we can further conversations of wearing our apparel at some point. Right. Um, But um, with you guys, especially Cooper, it seems like you're very involved with like the next generation of runners. And it's something that I also try to brand myself with and appreciate you guys sending me in your PRs for high school. Pat Casey roasted me on Twitter. Didn't even tag me or at me. So who cares about Pat anyway? What do you
3: say? What do you say? He said something like you're not a
1: pro runner unless you send your PRs to David. Totally get that, you know, easy roast. Um, but He's he still pro. Or did he no. lose his contract? Yet? I'm going to go ahead and say he lost his contract again. Is <laughs> um, he ever
0: pro? <laughs> we love Pat Casey. I have a Pat, great Casey. Pat, Pat, Pat Casey
1: Ray. has one of the best Twitters. Um, especially when he talked about still going to the bars in Eugene after not making it to the trials. Mm. That was a good, that one blew up. He's a seasoned vet. Yeah, exactly. He's a vet. But for you, Cooper, um, you, I had Ben send me a couple of the next generation um, hats, which are actually really comfortable hats. I do like those new new generation, new generation. Sorry. Yeah. I said next generation. Now I'm all confused. New generation track and field. When you talk about the, the whole thing with Nike taking care of you, it also seems as though Nike's kind of taking care of that individual branding that you're trying to create and you're doing a very good job at that with having new, what was it? I'm going to mess up names. Newberry High School. Is that right? Newberry Park, yeah. Newberry Park, yeah. Um, I'm so involved with the next generation and new God, generation. I'm so and, tapped into it. Yeah, I'm so tapped into this hip the guy but
3: gets you guys
1: But you guys did this uh, Nike testing in the new shoe. So like, let's talk about that relationship real quick. I don't want to like, talk about how much Ben does for the sport, you know, that would just be crazy, but yeah, he doesn't um, need his head any bigger. Dude. So what's your guys' branding, I guess, is what I'm going to get to as a professional athlete. Cause now you guys have the ability to market yourselves, market the things you want to market besides just the school uniform that you guys represent. So where are you guys going from here with your branding?
0: Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, like, like I said, it's not like new gen is like any, what necessarily is associated with Nike. And you know, I think, um, you know, Ben and Carter were the ones that really kind of run that I've just been like kind of involved with it from the start. So I have, I feel like I have personal, um, uh, investment into it and it's cool when they do things with Nike, I feel like I can get involved, um, which is really cool. And I got some shit for going and, you know, doing this product testing stuff with, uh, with the high schoolers, but it, it's a great like experience. And honestly, like, I just want to be personally, I want to be one of those people who isn't like doesn't feel like they can big time anyone. Um, cause at the end of the day, like when I think about it, yeah, maybe if I was in the NBA or something, I could afford to, you know, not take a picture and not like sign an autograph or something, but at the end of the day runners, like it's not very cool at all. It's just like, it's about the lowest tier professional sport you can get into. Um, and so you know, I want to be involved in the community just because when I was coming up, I felt like the people above me maybe didn't, um, you know, when I was in middle and high school, like I didn't get as much, you know, outreach from um, some of the pro guys and not that they had any reason to do that, but I feel like it's very beneficial and it can get people really excited about the sport. So I want to continue to be one of those people that's like approachable um, and like actually reach out and uh, have some I feel like i'm young enough to where it's pretty relatable to you know guys in high school and in college still so um yeah i just want to like keep that pathway open to you know having communication with people outside of just being like oh i'm a pro runner like i don't want to like i'm not gonna stay with you like that's it's like not cool and like big timing people it's just like it's not something that anyone appreciates and it doesn't make you cool so um i feel like it's pretty easy to do just because I feel like since high school, I've always been like into kind of reaching out to people and, um, you know, being one with the community around me. So it's it's cool when you can do group runs and stuff, uh, you know, with Ben and like new generation stuff. But then outside of that, I feel like there's um, kind of endless avenues you can take in terms of personal branding and community outreach. So I wanna to continue to sort of explore those.
3: What, um, so Cole, I, I would love to, to chat to you a little bit about the, the Olympic 15. So, you know, you win trials um you're now like the face of USA 1500 meter running. You're their only hope is how I would say. Um, and so, you know, you go in, everyone's like, he's going to medal, he's going to win. You know, you're going into probably the strong, one of the strongest, you know, you're as a meter running deepest right now like where was your head at when people you know people are making these claims for you rather than you out there making those claims like what's that like yeah it's one of those things where it's like
4: i'm like confident in myself and i'm like yeah I, I let me think it but like i don't know dude. you don't have to say it out loud because that's it's a i mean like quite the feat i mean like Probably the like the greatest feat in this sport is Olympic medal and Olympic gold is like that I mean that's the highest you can go in track. And yeah, I think of course all my or like most of my fans uh would have watched me race like the trials, i guess and um saw my kick and that that is against uh like us talent. and seeing that, you'd think like, and not having really knowledge of it was still, it was 335. Um, I mean, yeah, guys at around 328 already in that year. Um, but you see that, and you're like, this guy's like, he, he can be, he can hang with anyone, he can outkick anyone. But I mean, I knew that I had, I think I had the slowest PR going into the final, um, or at least into the Olympics uh, out of like, or I was like, yeah, 42nd out of 45. Um, So I knew where I stood, um, but also was confident I could run something low three thirties. Um, and I, yeah, I was able to do that luckily in the, in the final, but yeah, that is like quite the daunting thing where people are hyping you up, which of course I appreciate all of it, but I don't know. Yeah. And then the fastest Olympic final
3: in history. I think, especially in like it's difficult because your first major championships, like I was 35th, I think in London, 2017. And like, I, I mean, I stood up next to like Kip Ropp and well, Kip knows. now is, uh, technically I beat him. So maybe 34th, but, um, you know, central and all, all these, um, like really good guys. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, you know, I want NCAAs, but this is like a whole different thing. And it kind of got into my head a little bit, but I think as your first major, and with the performances you put together, I think that that's has got to that's got to go down as as is, is something pretty crazy. Especially with all that pressure on your shoulders. I mean, you jumped from like a guy that hadn't made a standard to a six in the world. That's pretty fucking good and won championship. So where what what's next? Like, what where's the next goal? Obviously, you guys have a home world championship next year. Like, that's pretty exciting for all like for all you ducks. I guess like are you guys you guys pretty pumped for that. Sticking with the same distances. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I don't know what everyone's planning on doing, but yeah, I definitely
4: see myself as predominantly 1500 uh, runner right now. And uh, kind of like my, my outlook now is, well, I just learned honestly, like I was able to make it to the final and I'm like, gave me a ton of confidence, but also made me aware of just how hard it is to not even like, just make it like, make it out of the, make a U.S. final. And then, get top three in that final. And then you have these more rounds. It's just so hard and you have to be so spot on in like six races in a row. And it's just like nothing kind of showed me that nothing's guaranteed. And I just like want to constantly remember that while I'm training and just don't get too comfortable because I mean, there's, there's people right there. And, but going forward, my goal is to just, I mean, why would I not want to win every race
3: I'm entered in? Like, I don't see why that wouldn't be the goal from here on out. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, what, about, what about you guys? Like, you know, how exciting is it for, for world champs next year being where you are? I mean, for, for me, like, like, I said, London 2017 was my, was my first major championships and it was insane. Like, I can't tell you how crazy that whole experience was. So I, I'm jealous of, of, uh, of you guys, but I'll, I'll, I'll take. I'll take trying to take down some Americans and you're going to um, let them answer we'll the question, Josh. It, it, can I finish the question please, Dave? I feel like you're just sputtering. And I also have a comment to make on
1: previous conversation, but
3: M- mute yourself. And, uh, and so I'm just saying, like, I think that's, that's super exciting. So obviously the goals are to make the team, but I think when you make a US team, you're, you're up there to go and try and battle for medals. So that's, that's pretty exciting. So 5k for you, Cooper, is that what, is that the goal? Um, I'm trying to currently transition
0: down. So I'm- might see if I can sneak into 800, 1500 if that doesn't work out. And if that doesn't work out, then last resorts to 5k. Um, but currently the speed's not there. So yeah, probably 5k. Um, but yeah, no, for sure. I think having it in Eugene, it's maybe a little bit more pressure being induct trying to make the team, but like once we do hopefully make the team. Um I've never I've never heard like a crowd, like Hayward Field, when you're a duck, um, I've, I've told this a couple times, but the craziest thing I've ever heard was when I was a freshman, you know, I hadn't done anything notable, but I, like, got the last spot in the NCAAs in the 5k, and I was standing with, like, Justin Knight to my right, like, NCAA champ, um, and just, like, really big names, and everyone, they were, like, announcing everyone, and we were, like, little claps, little claps, and then they asked my name, and it was just, like, a roar and I was like dude nobody even knows who I am here I can guarantee that and but they're just like you you hear someone's a duck and immediately like you have you know 20,000 fans so um you know hopefully we can get there and uh kind of have that crowd backing behind us but I'm excited yeah like you said like if you can uh you know make it out of the the U.S. system and um you know be one of those guys to make world champs you're always kind of have your nose in it. So hopefully that's, uh, you know, that's the plan this year.
3: Go on, Dave. Oh, no, I was going to let Charlie talk to you on being
1: an eight guy because, you know, like, he made the Olympics too, Josh. Thanks for mentioning that. But he's also going to be going for the world championship team for, for Australia again. So what about you, Charlie? I mean, like, these guys mm-hmm. uh, and you are all heading back, hopefully to Eugene, for world championship. And is this something that's always been, like – You make the Olympics, you represent Australia there. Is the next step just team after team after team, especially with it being in Oregon?
2: Yeah. Once the standard's been set to representing E-country, that's where it's at. And anything less than that is a failure to me. So definitely going to stay with the eight, but I'm going to be experimenting more with the 15. To be honest, I've always thought I was a 15 runner. He seems to think I'm a 15 runner. I train like a 15 runner, so like I just, just with how the season played out last year, um, it just made sense for me to keep going with the eight, and it was something new, and it was, I was just doing really well with it. Um, so I'm definitely not going to stop it, but I'm a 15 guy. I'm pretty sure. So like I'm, I'm definitely going to start to experiment more with that. Um, and yeah, super, really looking forward to. World champs, but also Com Games for me is a pretty big one. That's about a week later, um, so really, it, it's a big year for for us uh, Commonwealth athletes. So um, yeah, it's going to be pretty sick. Like to go from hopefully world champs to Commonwealth
3: Games is like something I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, that, that oh. was what I was going to ask you about Com Games. I think you know it's very difficult to explain to Americans really what it is um but you know it's a massive thing for for us especially like we get to represent scotland as well so we're going to try and have as many brits in the 15 final as possible and you aussies are going to be you're going to be right on our tails so that's going to be pretty exciting to to be a part. that'll be, big. That'll be a fucking that'll be a real yeah. battle
2: hey because like we got stewie
3: we got ollie hopefully myself yeah like be, we got ke- be we got kenya in there we got kenya Kenny. scotland england Ireland, wales so it should be good fun it's called the commonwealth
1: yeah, it so it really can't be that superior to anything you know they could have chose a better word than common so nothing's going to come out of there being rare or hey,
3: watch your mouth about the queen yeah
1: <laughs> i don't even know who the queen is tell me her name is probably elizabeth
3: um that's the one so
1: a few things, um, I'm gonna jump back. I literally in all caps when Josh was talking said, let me jump in real quick, but he failed to see it because he was so caught up in talking about himself. But Cole, in that first round of the Olympics, you nearly knocked out Josh. And I don't think we should brush over that. You nearly knocked out Josh, and there's a photo of you just casually coming across and and you said like if you have a name, you have to protect it in like a, a post like maybe a month or two ago. And Josh is across the line, like necking across, barely making it through was that a moment when you got to the olympics of like okay like nerves are out butterflies are gone like i am here i'm present and i'm ready to kind of make through make through these rounds
4: yeah definitely and i mean i don't can't really think much of it like something like that i mean cuz obviously goes and gets a bronze medal like and i remember my teammate teammate james west was like <laughs> uh texting about it or some other teammate was like Kurt did not look good like i don't i don't know what's going on and then my teammate james was like uh he was like uh eh, rounds are weird like whole, i think he's still a medalist and then it happened i was like damn it now why was he <laughs> right about that uh yeah but that was definitely a moment where like i mean the first round kind of my mentality put it like super simply like just let like, kind of make it like easy in my head i was like, all right, I got to get through the first round just cause like, I don't know. I, I didn't come here to race once. And I was just like, all right, just get through that one. And then get to the semi. And pretty much, if you're like, if it's close, like send it, like do whatever you can to get to the final. Like I don't even care if I, if I'm dead in the final, like I need to get to the final. And that was kind of the mentality of that. And when I saw people like, uh, yeah, like Philip Ingebritsen didn't make it through and I mean then I watched Centro didn't make it through and I, I was like like wow like these are like really good guys like legends of the sport and uh, like they're getting eliminated like this is legit and I made it through and it was definitely like pretty surreal and I was able to see myself as like a much better runner than I previously saw myself as.
1: Oh for sure and you, you did probably- it for the media.
3: What's up, Josh? I did it for the media attention. Yeah. Yeah. You did it for Come the comeback story. Articles. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean it worked the story. I mean, that's what I had to tell myself when it happened was like the story is gonna be pretty good. Um <laughs> and the Instagram post is pretty good. You know, you should have knocked me out when you when you had a chance. It was all it was all written in the stars, mate.
1: If if Larmar is still right in your social media, um, she should have gotten a bonus for that. Um, But speaking of bonus, let's start talking about money. Let's start talking about banter. This has been a pretty conversational uh, episode. We've got a lot of banter questions and putting this on our story, putting it on our individual stories, definitely got people talking on what they want to know. We had to X a lot of these, um, a lot of them involved. Uh, very risque and or inappropriate comments um and considering most of our audiences below the age of 18 we will not include any of those you know just out of um, respect and courtesy to those mothers and kids that are listening um but here's a fun thing that we've never done before in the podcast so season five we always talked about paying our guests and you guys are one of the first big groups that we're going to be starting to pay we kind of flirted with some money so here's a chance here's our wheel here is money, every different slot on this. And we'll use this part of the podcast for video. There is, I'll just read off some of that money that you can make. We have, let's go with the big number first, $500 a person. Okay. You go to the right of that. You have $50, 200, 125, 75. Here's a spin again for next guest bonus. So if you roll the spin again, the next person we have on with Josh, are we able to say who we have on coming up next? She's confirmed.
3: Uh, yeah. Okay, do you want to just do you want to say that? Uh, we're getting Keeley Hodgson on.
1: Yeah, so if you're listening to this, we're gonna have uh, Olympic silver coming in. That's uh, Cooper just did. It. Ooh, so that's gonna be a good episode. He'll definitely listen to that. Don't tell Rachel. Um, but we're gonna keep going on. We have 125 dollars, another 50, another 75, 150, and then next to the 500. 500 is a little bit smaller. Okay, it's cut in half, but you can still land on that. Next to the 500 is video on your story about how much fun you guys had today. So maybe that's a spin again. Maybe that's just zero dollars. But if one of you guys wants to spin the wheel now, we'll get into the banter bowl. And then we can do the last two or we could all send the wheel now. What do you want?
3: So these are individual prizes. So These are individual. So doing.
1: each of you will get a spin. So you guys might not make the same
0: money around. Wait. So do you spin it and I just get however much money
1: it lands on? So yeah, this will be this will be a Josh spin. Ready? So I'll spin it.
3: Is this much money you have to give me, Dave?
1: And Josh has just won $125. So, so if this is something... A,
3: yeah, we, we we don't really know how much to pay our guests, so we're saying, fuck it. We're spinning the wheel for it. <laughs> right, who Unless wants you to guys want a
1: sh- Unless... Is there a shoe-in amount, Josh, that we can just pay them to not spin, or they de- do they have to spin? Nah,
3: that's boring.
1: Okay. Does anyone want to spin now that starts with the first letter C of their name, or do we go into the banter bowl? You can
3: spin me. Okay, Charlie, are you yeah. nervous? Do you want me to do a practice spin for you or do you want me to say Dave, this? to be honest, I'm fucking nervous. We <laughs> ain't got predict- 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I'll predict 250.
1: Okay, I am going to spin it. I want to make sure that there is a likelihood chance of you being able to get... I guess there would be because it can bounce. Okay. I'm, no- I'm actually kind of sweating now. Okay, so <laughs> uh, for those at home listening, it might be a little bit loud. For those watching this video that we'll post... This is how much Charlie Hunter will get paid for being our guest. $200. Oh, dang.
4: So Charlie That's... Hunter,
1: congratulations for the $200 payout
3: being... That's our second biggest one. Josh, who spun are... this. Dave, switch on. That's a terrible spin. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh god.
1: Okay, so what let's see the one if...
3: next
1: to it. What's red? Uh, 200 120. 125.
2: Oh good! Nice, so nice. you
1: got another seventy-five bucks for being on uh, that spin. Either of you guys want to spin now, or do you want to wait? I'll go, Cooper. Oh God, I'm sweating again. <laughs> I don't want to lose money. All right, Cooper Tier. This is how much you'll get paid for being a guest on the Sit and Kick podcast.
0: Come on, baby. Five hundred dollars. <laughs> <Shut the> fuck off. <laughs> <up.
2: laughs> he doesn't need it. Give Come it on,
3: <laughs> fuck off. <up. laughs> Hey, you serious,
2: man? Maybe you I'm, should
0: let Josh spin now.
3: I'm not trying to lose money. Hey,
1: <laughs> I'm not
4: trying to lose money. Are you serious? I'm
1: not trying to lose
4: money. <laughs> oh. All right, this is setting me up bad. They got like the <laughs> yeah. highest. I'm gonna whatever.
3: Just let a rip. I'm not
1: trying oh. to lose money,
4: Josh. Dollar
0: $1 yeah. one's gonna appear out of nowhere.
3: If you if you land on two or five hundred again, <laughs> you are done. <laughs> it's coming out if you're if it go if it's 200 or 500 all this money is coming out of your pocket is this tax deductible oh, this yeah. will be, is this a write-off yeah this is a write-off this, this is a guest this is free appearance. money
1: I, this this doesn't go through your agent either let me make sure this wheel's all set up correctly now i feel like it's all broken from you want to you want
3: to rub that 500 out <laughs> well oh, come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe, now that we're fixing it.
1: <laughs> maybe that was a one-time spin we <laughs> got it all right so it's here um we're down 700 dollars Cole, do you want to spin now or do you want to wait till the end?
4: Yeah, spin it. Spin it. Okay,
1: Cole Locker, this is how much money you are making on the Sit and Kick podcast. $50. (laughs) So we are down (laughs) $750, um, but it's all for the banter. It's all for the love. Um, Hopefully for those listening, that sound wasn't too obnoxious. Um, For those that have access to our bank account, um, which should be none of you, know that $750 will be um, taken out for this episode. So that sucks I'm to say Very suck.
3: significant. Very significant. He had the lunch call. Yeah, I mean,
4: you should. I, I, that was the lowest on it, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. 50 was well, the lowest. Well, no, there's, there's, there's a zero. There is a zero. zero. Okay, never mind then. I'm content. All right. So
1: maybe you guys still – maybe, Cooper, you could still give some love on your stores for $500. Maybe that's <laughs> <laughs> – I'll
0: think about it. Well, we'll see once that cash hits.
1: Okay, Josh, you want to transition to the banter bowl and tell uh, first-time listeners what the banter is all about considering
3: I need to check the bank, make sure we have money there still. I mean, the banter bowl might become a little bit more serious now. You know, I might be throwing some real serious shit towards them now. But, uh, all right, well, let's start off easy then, shall we? Cooper, do you think your valuation went up more because of what happened at Cross versus a top-five performance?
0: Yes. Um, As much as I don't want to say it, um, I, I honestly, I got to give Connor Mance a shout out. I don't think he got nearly as much love as, um, you know, he should have after coming off of winning two back-to-back cross country titles. I think that's like a feat that's very, you know, hard to replicate and you have to be spot on and especially coming off of, like a, I think a defeated season. Um, so yeah, I felt like I sort of overshadowed that without trying to. Um, but yeah, and so I was actually talking to my like parents and friends about it. And we were talking about how it was like the perfect scenario to not look shitty. Um, so like if if it had been like a hundred meters longer, I might not have finished. But if it had been hundred meters shorter, maybe I would have finished like you know, 150th and it just would have chalked it up to a bad day. But finishing right where I did, still beating like two or three people and like make and but being able to make it across the line, I probably got like five or six hundred DMs. Like, man, that was inspirational, like all this shit. And I was like, dude, I don't know where you're taking inspiration from that. Like I get it. like it was felt like a really a test of the human spirit right there. Um during it but it was also hilarious because so many kids like sent me videos of them doing the same thing at like their like state championships and so I got a lot of uh, personal enjoyment out of it um so shout out to anyone who may have sent me a video of themselves doing it made me feel a little less outcast um but yeah no I feel like I got you know a lot of recognition for that and um not that I necessarily wanted that advertised like I could have gone absolutely fine with nobody even knowing that happened, just maybe seeing the results on paper. But I mean, yeah, I feel like I maybe have gotten a lot out of it, Um, both just like on the social media presence, but like personally, it like taught me some things that I really have to improve on. So um, I think at the end of the day, it was like a good, I'm not happy it happened, but like I learned a lot from it. So it was like a learning experience.
1: Uh, but at the time it was just terrible. You still finished higher than Josh did. So or like no, no I didn't. Did you nah. look, Josh?
3: Yeah, of course I fucking looked. I was two hundred and like twenty-second or something, but he was like two thirty or two forty. Nice. Mm. Well, sorry, yeah. Cooper. I was gonna drop back there. Did you, you, like, you, so there. you, did you I, I was definitely at the speed of crawling, but I, was, I didn't really want to have the theatrics of it. You know, I didn't want <laughs> to do it. I get grand. it. No,
0: I get it. Downplay it. Was this in 2017?
3: Uh, this is twenty. Oh God, twenty eight. I don't know. Twenty seventeen. Because I
0: specifically have, I have like a deep memory passing you in twenty seventeen, and you just looking terrible. And like <laughs> I wasn't doing so hot myself, but I was like, at least I'm not that guy.
3: That's fair. No, it's understandable. And to be honest, like I, those two ten k's back to back, man, I made it individually. You know, I'm not from this, you know, crazy good school where you know you always make it in cross. You know, UNM is not a crazy good cross school. Uh, from the men's we haven't made it in seven years salt the earth kind of cross runner me salt
1: the earth okay uh well we're going to transition off that um and uh charlie i think this was submitted by an australian but what do you have to say about the pettiness and bickering that happens in american (coughs) distance running
2: uh yeah Uh, it's there like there's that real rivalry um but it's, it's there in australia too like back when i was there it was all like Melbourne track club bursts, like everyone else. And like, I think it's just, it's kind of funny, like distance runners, middle distance runners are these scrawny, like little string bean things. And we're also like hyper aggressive. And It's funny. Like everyone, everyone tries to be alpha. Um, it's just a natural thing. I think for the distance runners, but it's pretty similar everywhere. Like what, what was the beef before it was, It was yeah, that that Centro shit, which was
1: all which was all made up with with the Cooper Cooper Centro and Cole Centro like that triangle.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's all made up, but like yeah, it's everywhere you go. I wonder what the next thing will be, but yeah, it's pretty funny.
1: Um, Cole, uh, you have a second chance to do this. You don't have to say it. What was your joke at the Bowerman Award
4: night? No, I literally like people have asked me that. Yeah, I'll. My mind was blank. I was like waiting for the joke to hit and it just never hit. And so I kinda like, I don't even know. But it is a dangerous game. I mean, telling a joke in this day and age, yeah. Shot.
1: Yeah, they they panned the camera over to like the past Byron Award winners and Grant was just like standing up like, Yeah. No,
4: no, don't tell yeah. the joke.
1: So you probably <laughs> saved yourself a um a bullet there. Um Josh, you wanna go ahead and hit another one? Uh
3: yeah. So I, I didn't really know about this, but did you, did Cooper, are you dating Ollie's ex-girlfriend?
0: She had a name.
3: I don't I guess that's, that's, that's That was the question that was submitted. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess. So he,
3: they said, they said, um, how did Cooper steal Ollie's girlfriend? Is there any beef there?
0: I don't think so. Um, you know, there was like, they, they did their podcast and, um, there was like a point where he's talking about like A's thing, um, and like a lot of people or like two or three people sent me a thing. It was like hey, he was going in on you, like might like because of the Rachel thing. And To be fair, he brought up some some points that were valid. So like I, I don't think there's any you know animosity or anything there. Um, I don't know. I haven't really talked to him. We're we're not too good of friends. I don't really know him that well just because I haven't really met him, but uh seems like a nice guy Guy.
1: yeah and and i want to kind of defend cooper here too i know that they've been flirting and talking for a long time him and him and rachel is her name josh um you know i think their relationship started when cooper did like for tbh and that was probably about seven years ago and since then it seems as though cooper and her have been able to wrote that what she wrote she she put in that comment that's okay she didn't write that necessarily or that you only drink vanilla lattes other than a hot cocoa every once in a while but that's totally you, man. Like, I don't want to. I can embrace that though. Like, to be
0: fair, put like for Tbh, who liked it? She liked it. So like, that's. Do you remember what your Tbh
1: for her was? Nah, nah, I don't know. <laughs> I, have not, I have no clue. Dude. Um, I'll follow up just on the topic of love and romance. Um, once someone su- submitted Charlie's Shameless ab selfies. I don't, I don't get those.
2: But you often send those, Charlie. I mean, when you got a rig like mine. You want to share
1: okay fair enough well don't share it with my girlfriend because olivia said charlie's the hottest one out of the trio she said even maybe the hottest one out of the call so i took offense to that one <laughs> um but yeah i don't i don't really know where to go from that josh you want to leave another question i'm just a little bit more insecure yeah. now are you um,
3: okay sorry okay Dave. i'm okay you'll be fine you you guys are Thanks. all right Thanks. uh some guys submit so who would win in a 2k right now cooper cole or josh not, not I, Josh. I was gonna say I'll take myself out right now. <laughs> Let's just do Cooper and Cole. Not much in 2K shape.
0: 2K. I don't even know if I could run like complete a hard mile right now. So <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. It's up in there. <laughs> maybe like a, a 540 2K we could do. Like that would be we'd be close there. We were hitting yeah, those hard this morning. Yeah. Get there. 1k.
3: Oh, yeah. Dave, you did a 2K, though. Mm-hmm. So that's, what did you run in your 2K, Dave? 508.
1: Uh, wasn't, it
3: wasn't like ripping, but it was good. Yeah, I heard you had one of the best Pacers in the world. That's what I heard. Josh literally is going like this, like hyping up the crowd, and then he shoots down a 63.
1: Or like, what the hell are you doing?
3: Slowing so <laughs> you guys down. That's what the best hey. Pacers do. You guys talking
1: hills, this just made me think of a comment. I don't think I've ever told anyone this. Um, but I was walking past the graveyard uh, in Eugene, and thought about jumping in one of them after the Olympic trials final. And he's just like, oh wow, someone's buried up this coffin, might just hop in here and you know, rest in peace forever. And then something caught the corner of my eye. And there's um Cole Hawker doing hills after he won. And I go, do I talk to him? Probably not. I think I'll just continue walking in, in solitude, crying myself to sleep. Um Nothing again. I don't know what I'm adding to this banter bowl other than depression. So let's uh, bounce around to I'm out of the scene of the Olympics, so I don't have any beef in this. But uh, Charlie, why did you stay in your room for 20 minutes while the Brits invaded your room at the uh, village?
3: That was my question. (laughs) I'll give Uh, some background. I'll give some background. yeah, yeah, Yeah. So so the Aussies had their block in the village and it was the last night this was i think maybe before the closing ceremony or maybe after something like that it was pissing down a rain and all the brits wanted to go into the like aussies were having a big party so we're like "Fuck it let's go so we headed there and they wouldn't let us in because covid yeah brilliant and so we thought a good idea would be to go under the building and take the elevator all the way up and so we figured out what room like i don't know if it was ollie or something like that and our goal was to go into their room change all of our clothes into Australian clothes and go back downstairs and then go into the Australian part. It was a pretty solid logic. And so we all head into this room and we're in there for like five, 10 minutes and we're just bannering. We're like trying to find clothes and stuff. And there was one door that was closed and there was like eight of us in there. We're like, hmm, that's kind of weird that that door is closed. And then we heard a noise from in there and we're like, oh shit, there's someone in there and then I appear as Charlie like 10 minutes later like what's up boys like how's it going like how did you not come out before that we were like in there just like bantering and stuff what happened well so for starters I was on a phone call I'm pretty sure with my
2: parents and then I hear all these Brits in my room like uh right, well I'll finish off my call and then I it was pretty late too wasn't it
3: oh yeah I think it was yeah it, yeah Let's just and say, you yeah, think,
2: I was like, I had the, pretty much the GV team in my living room. I was like, what are you guys doing in here? And then you had this terrible idea of putting <laughs> on Aussie clothes. It was, it was never going to work. Uh, yeah, that, that's why I was on the
3: call. Uh, okay. That makes more sense. We were just like, was he just sitting in there waiting for us to leave or like, what? <laughs> hey, like, fair I enough. was tempted too. it was
2: like 11 o'clock. I was like,
3: uh, no, I better get out there and say day. I still think that idea was pretty solid. <laughs> it was not going to work. <laughs> Dave, you got any more?
1: Uh, yeah, this is just going to be a quick one word response from you guys. No context. Um, number two schools going into the NCAA.
3: Oh, as in, like, no context. context like, don't explain
1: to? why, but what's the number two school that you would have gone to? Uh, okay. oh.
0: Stanford.
2: Smart guy. Indiana like we would have actually got into or just that that you'd want to
1: um maybe are you saying you wouldn't have gotten into the school that you wanted to
2: well I'd say I'd say Harvard but yeah I would have got in
1: (laughs) okay fair enough we'll just leave it at Harvard we'll tell you we'll think you're a smart guy um So yeah, guys, we're wrapping up. We're already past an hour, but that's all right. It's been a good, good laugh, good um, money drain for us. Hopefully good banter for you. Um, But at this point, we usually spit it back to you guys. And if you guys have any banter for us, um, this is your chance to do so because likelihood is we won't have you back on the podcast until next year. You guys seem to be reoccurring stars. So speak now or forever hold your peace and we'll name the episode and Venmo you guys.
0: I want to hear a who your favorite new beast is because i know there's there's a lot of new ones also what your thoughts are you guys are you guys sad that um spencer is gone
3: Uh, i (laughs) over time i enjoyed spencer's company more i think i had a tough transition with him um just because like overall like i didn't understand his role um but after getting to know him I think he's a I think he's a cool guy I enjoyed I enjoyed hanging out with him he's no, an acquaintance for me, me. Huh? His well I mean it's difficult because he wouldn't have been signed through just his athletic performances right yeah. and so like in my head I'm like what the fuck else matters like I'm not someone who loves social media I don't do it really very often and so I didn't really understand it but you know his his role obviously was to transition into being a beast and and showing off like our team and like kind of bringing his followers and pretty much just showcase the team and and have a a professional life out of it i guess um but i just couldn't really understand why we were spending money on that at the start but you know i i have nothing against spencer it was not his fault i think i just had a tough transition with that but i i I really like spencer i think he he worked hard and that was just the main thing for me it's like he came and he worked hard and that was I I, I'm cool with him at that point, Dave
1: Spencer. I said in the last episode, Spencer's an acquaintance. So there's that um, (laughs) for that response. But in terms of new beast, um, I don't know, maybe in the next like month or so, my answer will change. Um, So I'll just leave it at that.
3: They're all so different, like all different. Yeah, Devin, Devin is so nice. Like he's the dopeest guy. He lives so far away from where our practice is like he doesn't know what's going on half the time but you know he's here he's gonna work hard and and he again is probably one of the most talented you know sprint slash 800 guys i've ever been around for training you know willie's got a big mouth man he's been he's been mouthing off and uh and you know he keeps saying that we're gonna start it on the track and we'll see what ends up happening so that's that's interesting and then obviously laurie's laurie's doing great settling in with Neo. so yeah it's difficult um but if I was to to say, I would probably say Laurie, just to cut the difference. Yeah, yeah. My my
1: month uh, delay is hopefully there's announcements and hopefully there's more additions that come our way that it can change that answer. Um, I don't even know if I can say that, but probably not.
2: Damn, Josh, Josh, I got a question. When are you going to grow the mo?
3: Oh, the, the what? The oh, the stash, dude. <laughs> yeah, the mo. Wait, that's fucking grown right there. Look at that. <laughs> You know, it comes in blonde and uh, oh, so you amazing. can't really see it. And then, so I'm just like, you know, I'm out here at cut weight. You know what I mean? If you're not going to see it, let's take it off. Um, so no, I, I, I don't know. I think it makes me a bit like a pedo. So I take it off. <laughs> I mean, you got a wicked Amish mustache. Like uh, oh, mustache I going Oh, it's, all, it looks- about chops, it's all about the chops, mate. the chops. That's yeah. where the speed comes in, mate. <laughs> but yeah, one day. I, my, my brother has just the stash. And so it's like one of those things. He lives over there. I live here. And then when we come together, we just both take our beards off. I mean, it's a rare combo. You don't see many people rocking the, the Amish beard. But... I know. I got that inspiration from that like Italian high jumper that does like half the half. Food, mm. Yeah. I'm like, what's what's left? You know, oh, just the just the chops. So that's that's where <laughs> it came from. You should do the Jason Derulo
2: like pencil line kind of like line <laughs> thing. You'd that.
3: Yeah, that could be the next the next big thing, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> Anyone else got anything to spit this way before we name the episode and call it a day?
0: Can you sing the um like the Dwight Schrute Michael rap with when he wears the hat?
1: No, see, actually, I don't even get the reference. Um, I don't even think I've I've seen The Office a handful of times, but I, that episode's not sticking out to me. Are you good at rapping? Don't you like freestyle? No, no, I don't want to bring this up because I've DM'd Cole for him to send me a beat, and he still hasn't. So say, that's okay. A little little talking bit of about beef.
0: that that beat <laughs> this morning with Jack.
4: Well, uh, yeah. Well, I no, me. I swear it's in the works. I don't want to put out like I don't want to put out garbage, and I'm moving at a slower rate right now. But for you know holidays, got bogged down with family. Yeah, stuff, bummer. So. Yeah, but no, I can just give it time. It's going to come.
1: You
3: You sound like me when Dave asked me to do something for the podcast. (laughs) And
1: he still hasn't done the podcast work, so I'll believe it when I see it. But, um, yeah, rapping, you know, it's just a hobby. You know, I'm not going to try to, you know, spice
4: it up beyond uh, what it is. Um, But I'm very poetic. Me and and Cooper and some other teammates have been talking about doing a cypher for God knows how long at this point. So might as well. You might as well join in on that one. I
1: will. And I'll wear this beanie as well. And I'll do some research on the Dwight and Michael rap just to get some inspiration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to call it the double XL fresh man. Just the freshest man out there.
1: So Uh, um, I was going to say, I don't know if Cole liked that name.
0: No, (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) We're just fresh man, man. Um,
4: what? yeah, we'll, we'll workshop it.
2: Perfect.
1: All right. Speaking of naming.
4: Cole, what's the name? (laughs) Nike aren't the only ones paying out big. Charlie, Colin, Cooper, cash out. (laughs) Oh, that's And
1: now now we're out. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Follow these guys over Instagram. Uh, Charlie doesn't follow Josh or I on Instagram. That's not personal. That's just business. Don't worry about it. Um, But thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this, follow them. Follow along their journeys. Follow along ours. We appreciate the listen. Josh, any final words before we
3: head out? No, this has been fun. But, uh, yeah, following everyone's career is going to be a big 2022 for the boys.
1: Anything else from you guys? Thanks for having
3: us. Slow... Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for having
2: us. Yeah, of course.
1: With Josh Kerr, hear you, David Riddich. Kerr, David Riddich. Josh Kerr's for Became real. The fastest G2 1,500
4: meters. Josh, meter Josh Kerr
0: on, on the side.
1: outside. Way up front now is David Riddich. <laughs>